This is AutoLine Daily, the show for enthusiasts of the global automotive industry. We start in Europe today where automakers and suppliers are starting to get production going again, but they're running their assembly lines a lot more slowly. Renault, PSA and FCA are restarting most operations and Volkswagen called back 8,000 workers to its main plant in Wolfsburg, Germany. Production's running slow because the supply chains are slowly ramping up, but it's also because sales are way down and automakers don't want to end up with a pile of unsold inventory. In France, Michelin never really stopped making tires for essential vehicles. That includes ambulances, farm equipment, and heavy trucks. Michelin is getting a lot of resistance from French unions, which accuse it of being more worried about the price of its stock than in its worker safety. But Michelin points to the lessons it learned in China. It restarted production there in February using masks, temperature checks, social distancing, and disinfecting workstations. None of its 8,000 Chinese employees have caught the virus since coming back to work. And Daimler says that its sales in China are starting to stabilize now that the lockdown there has ended. It sold around 50,000 vehicles in March, which isn't too far off its average monthly total from last year. In 2019, Daimler sold nearly 700,000 vehicles in China, which accounted for nearly one-third of its sales. Now to the U.S., where Ford is calling back skeleton crews to do the prep work to get its factories going again. The crews are salary and hourly people who volunteered but are paid, and they'll go through a strict safety regimen to protect them from the virus. Even so, the UAW is very concerned. 25 UAW workers have died from COVID-19 since the end of March. Ford and GM say their plants are closed indefinitely, but Roland Berger reports that next week, Volkswagen, Hyundai, Honda, Toyota, BMW, and FCA are scheduled to resume production in the U.S. And that's going to put enormous pressure on GM and Ford and the UAW to not be left behind. We've always admired the Honky luxury sedan with its retro look. Honky is the brand that's owned by Chinese automaker FAW. It's been around since 1958, and it's known for large luxury sedans used by top government officials. Now, Honky is joining forces with Silk EV to make sports cars. Silk EV is a U.S.-based automotive engineering and design company that's going to invest $1.4 billion in China to make the vehicles. FAW hopes to double Honky sales this year to 200,000 units and reach a million vehicles by the end of the decade. Last week, we reported on how pollution levels in cities are way down. No surprise there, very few people are driving. But how many fewer drivers did it take to reach those low levels of pollution? TomTom, the nav company, uses data from its devices to create traffic maps. Here's a typical one from the city of Milan before the coronavirus outbreak. The darker the line, the more traffic there is. And the red is where vehicles had to stop. Now, here's Milan on April 6th. TomTom calculates that traffic in the city is down about 85% 
and other major cities are seeing similar drops in traffic. It was down over 84% in Paris, and San Francisco saw traffic go down about 75%. Tom Tom says it looks like people are sticking to social distancing orders. Even though the weather was nice in the UK for the Easter holiday, Tom Tom did not see a big increase in traffic flow. And many of those people who are not driving are parents who are looking for new ways to help the kids pass the time. Porsche set up a new website called Porsche4Kids.com that's got a lot of activities to do. There's everything from word find to memory games and comic books to virtual museum tours. What we like about this is it's free and there's plenty to do without the kids needing to have their faces planted to a screen. And this has got to be one of the biggest ambulances in the world. Daimler bus converted a Citaro inner city bus to transport COVID-19 patients. It took three weeks to build. It's got four intensive care beds with ventilators, monitors, various other devices, and even lights and sirens. A German hospital is going to supply the medical staff and a public utility company is going to provide the drivers and maintenance personnel. The German Red Cross will use the giant ambulance for the next six months. Audi just introduced the plug-in hybrid version of the A6 station wagon, officially called the A6 Avant TFSI E Quattro. Wow, what a mouthful that is. It's powered by a two-liter gasoline engine that's mated to a seven-speed DCT. Its 14.1 kilowatt-hour lithium-ion battery provides about 32 miles of electric-only range, and that's based on the WLTP cycle. Some of its standard features include the Audi virtual cockpit, matrix LED headlamps, as well as sport suspension and sport seats. The A6 PHEV wagon carries a starting price in Europe of nearly 72,000 euros, which is a little over $78,000. Auto Line Daily is brought to you by Bridgestone Tires. Your journey, our passion. The cost of batteries for electric cars is coming down every single year, but when are they going to reach cost parity with ICE vehicles? On AutoLine After Hours last week, Bob Gellion, who recently retired as the CTO of CATL, which is China's largest battery manufacturer, says it's not as easy as quoting some dollar per kilowatt hour number. He says there's a lot more factors than that. Take a look. But Bob, isn't the, isn't the issue of, of cost equity based on manufacturing costs, not on usage cost? The manufacturing costs are coming down on an annualized basis, Gary. It is, it's clear that the cost of batteries are coming down, but it's at this point, I've seen almost, it's almost irrelevant what the cost of oil are for the people that want to buy cars, because depending upon where you are, um, let's say if you're in China, you're going to buy the car so you can drive it into Shanghai or Beijing every day because if you're driving a petroleum-based car, you're only going to drive into the city every other day because if your license plate ends in an even number or an odd number, you drive on alternative days. Otherwise, you have to take uh, mass transit. But if you're in uh, Europe, it might be a different story because the cost of electricity in some areas extraordinarily high will be a totally different reason why a guy has an electric car. So mm -hmm. it's all, it almost seems irrelevant to, to the cost of uh, gasoline versus electricity as to those people that own electric cars to uh, most of the people that I talk to. So what would, what would be cost parity? I mean, would it be $100 per kilowatt hour that would make it 
equal to the Priceman ICE? Well, that $100 per kilowatt hour never came out of some thinking in Washington, D.C. many years ago. I don't think there's anything magical about $100 per kilowatt hour. It, the, the marketplace is flexible. It, things go up and down. I can remember when I was president at Magnet eCar, uh, in one fell swoop within one month, the cost parity between the euro and the Japanese yen cost me a 25% penalty. So for every battery pack that I was shipping to an unnamed car company, I would ship a $2,000 bill along with it. So, so uh, there's so many uh, variables within the marketplace that people don't even consider. They always keep on a pound on this dollars per kilowatt hour number when in fact, that thing's like a rubber ruler. It depends on how you stretch it with respect to the cost of oil, the cost of the raw materials that go into the battery. So, you know, some people may think I have a little bit of a radical thinking in that regard, but uh, during my 43 years in batteries, that's the way it's always been. And if you want to learn a lot more about EV batteries, you can watch that entire show right now on our website or our YouTube channel. It is jam-packed with information about electric car batteries. And with that, we wrap up today's show. Thank you for watching AutoLine Daily.